bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. Prepare yourself for an unparalleled experience of divine revelation and spiritual empowerment. Greater Works 2023. Speakers, Pastor Matthew Ashimoloa, Bishop Tudor Bismarck, Bishop Mike Okonko, and your host, Pastor Mensah Otterville. Date, Monday 31st July to Friday 4th August. Morning sessions from Tuesday 1st August to Friday 4th August. Time, 9 a.m. Evening sessions. Time, 5 p.m. each night. Venue, Christ Temple East, Teshi. Buses will be available at vantage points across the city to convey you to and back from the conference. Visit gwcentral.org for more details. Greater works. Ignite your faith. Transform your life. And now, today's word. Arise and take what God has given you. Arise and take what God has given you. As we read the scriptures, we see that many times when God wants to do things for people, or he wanted people to do things for him, he would usually command the people to rise up, to arise. And uh, it's so many times expressed in scripture. So we're going to look at four examples of those commands where God tells people to arise, to possess something. And so we're going to look at four scriptures. The first one will come from Genesis chapter 13. The second will come from Deuteronomy chapter 2. And then Joshua chapter 8. And then Judges chapter 9. The first reading, Genesis chapter 13, verses 16 to 17. Uh, this is God talking to Abraham about the land that he was promising him. And I want you to pay attention to what God says. And God says in verse 16, And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Verse 17. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its worth, for I give it to you. Note that. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Then Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24. This is when uh, God commanded Israel uh, to, that he was giving them uh, the promised land. And it says, Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24. Rise, take your journey, cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hands Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land, begin to possess it and engage him in battle. He says, rise, take your journey, begin to possess it and engage in battle. 
Joshua chapter 8, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. Again, God tells Joshua to arise. And final uh, scripture is in Judges chapter 7, verse 9. This is God's instructing to Gideon after Gideon had cut down the number of his army to only 300 people. And then God says to him in verse 9, It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. Now, if you look at all these four scriptures, something is very common. God told each one of them to arise and take something that he was offering to them. He told Abraham, I have given you the land, but you must rise and walk in the land. He told Moses, I have given you the Amorite kings and their lands, but you must rise and engage in battle. He told Joshua, I have given you the city of Ai, but you must rise and go up against it. And then he told Gideon, I have given the Midianites into you, but you must rise and go up against their camp. In each of those cases, God tells them what he has to do and what they must do. God tells them, I have given you the land, but you must rise and take it. I have given you the land, but you must rise and take it. So there are two ideas. First, we must know what God has given to us. We must know what God has given to us. We cannot live our Christian life just hoping that things will happen well for us. We must live our Christian life with a certainty, with a knowledge of what God has given to us. And then secondly, we must take what God has given to us. Know it, take it. Know it, take it. So God says, I have given it to your hand, that's the knowledge, but rise and take it, that's the taking. We must know what God has given to us, and we must take what God has given to us. So what God says, I have given to you, is if most of the time, if you look at those verses, the tense is in the past. It's something God has already done. He has concluded. Because God concludes things in the spirit. But what he has concluded in the spirit must be manifested in the natural. So he says, I have given it to you. It's done. Rise and take it. You must now actualize it. You must take what is concluded in the spirit realm and bring it into the natural realm. Between knowing what God has given to you and taking what God has given to you is that word arise. Arise. And that's what he told all of them. I've given it to you, take it. But in between that... Arise. Everybody say arise. The three thoughts that explains arise to us. First, to arise means to stand upright. To stand upright. To take on the task. Be ready 
to take on the challenge, to be alert, to be set, arise, stand upright, take on the task. When God says, I've given you something, it doesn't mean it's just happened in the natural, it's happened in the spiritual, but he wants us to take it by first standing up, taking on the task. Arise also means to show up, to show up. That means to work towards what God has given to you. And thirdly, arise means to establish it, to make it happen. So he said to each one of them, I have given it to you. Rise, take it. So given to you, taking it, in between, sandwiched in between that is rising, standing up, taking on the task, showing up, not running away from the battle, and establishing it, making it happen. So we see from the scripture that we cannot be passive about the blessing of God. We cannot be passive about the goodness of the Lord. We cannot just sit and say, well, God has done it, so there's nothing for me to do. God says, I have done it. I've given it to you, but you must arise and engage in battle. So, there is always activity on our part in relation to the word of God and the promise of God. And we're going to look at a a statement made by a gentleman called Jephthah. Most of you might have read about Jephthah. Jephthah was one of the uh, judges of Israel in the time before Israel had kings. In those days, uh, God would raise judges. And these judges were basically fighters or deliverers or warriors. And they would go and fight the enemies of Israel, deliver them from bondage. And then uh, the time of the judge will pass. And then they will get into another bondage and then God will raise another judge. And Jephthah was one of the judges that God raised. And uh, he, he had to fight the Ammonites or Amorites. And uh, Jephthah was sort of a bad boy, uh, a vagabond, because uh, his, his, his mother was not the rightful missus. So he was sacked from town. Then he became a vagabond. But he became a fighter. And when Israel got into trouble, they said, well, who to fight for us? But this guy we didn't believe in. So they went to pick Jephthah. And Jephthah decided to fight for them. And I want you to listen to something Jephthah said to the enemies of Israel at that time. In Judges chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. I love it so much. Now, at this time, the people of Ammon, the Ammonites, have come up against Israel, and, and, and they, they said, we're going to fight you. And we're going to fight you because when Israel left Egypt and was coming through to the promised land, they took our land from us. So that's what the Ammonites are saying. You took our land from us. So we have come back to take the land back from from you because it was ours and you took it away from us. 
And that's why they've gone to Jephthah to come and help them uh, to protect the land because the Ammonites uh, are saying, hey, it's time. Uh, the rent is over. The lease is over. Give us back our land. Now, listen to how Jephthah responded to that when the Ammonites said, give us back our land. So Judges chapter 11, verse 23 to 24. And these are the words of Jephthah. He says, now the Lord God of Israel has dispossessed the Amorites from before his people Israel. Should you then possess it? Verse 24, I like it. Will you not possess whatever Chemosh, your God gives you to possess? So whatever the Lord our God takes possession of before us, we will possess. Do, do you get the logic of Jephthah? Jephthah is saying, you guys, you worship Chemosh. And if one day Chemosh says, I have given the land of Israel to you, won't you obey Chemosh and come and take our land? How much more if Jehovah God says, I have given the land of the Amorites to you, don't you think we should also come and take what Jehovah has given to us? So whatever God has given to us, Jephthah says, we must possess it. I love that. Now, Jephthah did not say, whatever God gives to us is ours. That's not what he said. He said, whatever God gives to us, we must possess. We must make sure we don't lose it. And because of that, you guys, the reason we took your land is because our God said we should take it. We didn't take it of our own will and accord. We took it because God said we should take it. In the same way as you would take our land if your God says you should take it. You know, many times people who worship idols are more obedient to their idols than those who worship Jehovah God. People who consult juju power are sometimes more faithful than those who worship God. If, if somebody goes to consult a fetish and the fetish says, I will make you a millionaire, or I will do this for you, I will do that for you, I'll go and set up a store and, and give them instruction, believe you me, they will do whatever they are told to do. If they are told to wear white on Fridays, every Friday they wear white. If they are told to go and sprinkle something on people's shops, in spite of the shame, they will sprinkle it. Whatever they have been told to possess what is demanded, they will do it. And yet when it comes to believers, when God tells us, I have given you the land, do this, we don't do it. If an unbeliever goes to worship to, uh, uh, you know, a fetish and they say, go and put food in the junction of, of a road, they will go and put food there. And then God will tell his people, tithe, and I will take the devourer from you. They won't tithe. And if they would tie, they would tie, not tie. That is half of it. Tie. That's why I like Jephthah. Jephthah says, you guys think the land is yours because Chimosh says it is yours. We believe the land is ours because Yahweh says it is ours. And whatever Yahweh says is ours, we will possess it. 
I love that. So when Yahweh gives you salvation, you possess it. When he gives you healing, you possess it. When he gives you wealth, you possess it. Yahweh cannot say you are rich and you say I am poor. When Yahweh says you are rich, you possess riches. Whatever the Lord says he has given to us, we must possess it. And that is why Jephthah says, we are ready to fight in this battle. Because everything God gives to us is surrounded in battle. Everything that God gives to us is surrounded in battle. All the people God gave things to, they had to fight for it. Why is it so? Because the enemy will always challenge your claim. If you say God has spoken to me, the enemy will show up to challenge you. He doesn't sit down and say, take it freely. Battles birth champions. Battles birth champions. Champions do not emerge from comfort. They emerge with battle bruises. If you want to be a champion for God, get ready for battle. You think the devil is going to smile at your blessing? You think your enemies are going to clap for you because you have a plan? You think the world will be happy with you? Then leave planet Earth. Go to Neptune. But if you live on this planet, your title will be challenged. But battles also deliver rewards. The spoils of battle come out of the scars of battle. Good things come to those who win their battles in all areas of life, whether in academia, in our careers, in our marriages, in our ministries. Everything comes from battle. If you see a married couple who have been married for 60 years, 50 years, and you look at them and say, oh, it's so beautiful to see these old people married. Oh, look at them. Look at them. You know, they are laughing and they are smiling. Look at how he holds her hand. You think that's how it's always been? Go back, roll back 60 years earlier. Battles, quarrels, fights. I don't mean blows. I mean difficulties. But they persevered. And now you are taking pictures of them after 60 years to say, I wish I was like that. And you, the little thing, ah, oh, we are incompatible. <laughs> they say, oh, we, are, we, we, we don't agree. I like to sleep here. My wife doesn't want to sleep there. I like my food this way. My, life, my wife doesn't like, I want my food hot. She makes it cold. You will not get a picture after 60 years. Because the rewards come after the battle. The rewards come after the battle. Whatever God gives to us, he gives us the grace to receive it. So, no matter the battle surrounding it, 
you have the grace to receive it. Somebody say, I have the grace for it. You have the grace for it. When you marry, you have grace for marriage. When you start your business, you have grace to succeed. When you start education, you have the grace to be the head and not the tail. Whatever God entrusts into your hand, he will give you the grace for it. In the midst of the battle, there is grace. That's why sometimes people can look at you and say, we don't know how you survive. It is called grace. And how does God give us grace? He trains our hands for war. Psalm 144 verse 1. Blessed be the Lord my God who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. If you don't know how to fight, God will train you for the battle. He trains us ahead of our battles. And when you are in the battle, don't forget the training he gave you before the battle. Not only does he train us for warfare, he teaches us how to profit. He teaches us how to profit. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. That says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Who leads you by the way you should go. He orders our steps in the right way. He told Abraham, rise up and walk in the land. For I have given it to you. He told Israel, rise up and possess the land of the Amorites. I have given it to you. He told Joshua, rise up and possess the promised land. He told Gideon, rise up and deliver Israel. Each one of them had to battle for what God had given to them. And for each one of them, God to train them for battle. For each of them, God taught them how to profit. You don't just sit with good intentions. You must rise up and take what God has given to you. And don't be afraid of the battles. It's part and parcel of the package. What you must take, you will battle for it. But the Lord is with you. You will be punched many times. Your face will be swollen. Your mouth will be swollen. You may lose a tooth. But thank God for dentists. They will give you a replacement. (laughs) But in the end, you hold the title. And may the Lord cause you at the end to hold the title. There are some of you who have been punched so much, you, you just want to quit. But the title belt has been promised you. Don't quit. Get up again. Get to the battle again. Try it again. Do it again. Start it again. Move it again. Because God has ordained you for something. And you must take it. You must possess it. My concluding thoughts. God rewards those who overcome. In all areas of life, when you lose the required battle, you get punished. But when you win, you get rewarded. The reward always goes to those who overcome. 
And when you look through the Bible, in the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, this is how everything is ending. This is, the, the book of Revelation tells you, this is, this is the end. This is how this whole thing that started from Genesis is ending up. And I'm going to read to you some verses from the book of Revelation and what it says to us who overcome. In, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 26, Revelation 2, 26, it says, And he who overcomes and keeps my words until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Somebody say, I will have power over the nations. Revelations 3, 12. Revelations 3, 12. And he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven, and I'll write on him my new name. May God make you a pillar. Revelations chapter 3, verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Somebody say, I'll sit on the throne. Revelations 21, verse 7 and 8. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God. He shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, they won't receive the reward. But if you look at the last one in verse 27, verse 7, verse 21, he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And then he talks about those who will not inherit. And the first on the list, the cowardly. I mean, you will not think cowardly compares with murderers. But before he mentions murderers, he talks about cowards. Why? Because being a coward in God's economy is more serious. When God tells you something and you are a coward, you are afraid, you run from the battle, you give up, you surrender. You are a coward. Overcomers are not cowards. Somebody say, I'm not a coward. I'm not a coward. Yes. We tell the world, we are ready for battle. We tell our destiny, we will battle for it. We tell our assignment, we will battle for it. I will not stop battling until I become what God says I would be. If God says I'm the head, I'm going to battle to the headship. If God says you prosper me, I will battle my way to prosperity. Don't let poverty knock you down. Poverty may blow you, it may hit you, it may give you punches. But you must get up because it should never be said that here lies a man who was knocked out by poverty. It knocked his father down, knocked his grandfather down, and finally succeeded against you. Minus me, minus my children, minus my children's children. As for me and my family, we will fight because we are not cowards. We will push through because 
God says it is ours. And whatever the Lord God says is mine, we will possess it. This morning I came to tell you, you are a champion. You are a champion. You, there is a reward for you. Yes, life has hit you very hard, but you are a champion. Somebody say, I'm a champion. I'm a winner. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a coward. I don't surrender. I don't lie down. Arise. Because whatever God has given to me, whatever God has given to me, whatever God has given to me, whatever God has said about me, whatever God has declared about me, whatever God has written about me, I will possess it. I will possess it. I will possess it. Prepare yourself for an unparalleled experience of 